0: Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Ducks Stream, presented by Gettle. I'm your host, Alexis Downey. Exciting news Gettle is now the official HVAC partner of the Anaheim Ducks and the Honda Center, keeping things cool on the ice and warm at home. Gettle, your trusted HVAC and plumbing partner. Visit slash ducks for exclusive promotions. G O E T T L, we make comfort easy to spell. Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downey. Now let's get to the show. We're getting into the holiday spirit around here at the Anaheim Ducks offices. We have a tree right outside this Paul Korea studio that I am currently recording this episode in. And I'm looking forward to next week as I get to head home to be with my family for Christmas I did not get to go home last year so looking forward to that and also a quick shout out to the fam as they will be at the game in Detroit tonight as I am recording this on Monday to see the Ducks take on the Red Wings and yes of course they will be sporting their Ducks gear looking forward to that one tonight and thanks for showing some support while the team is on the road. And the Ducks are wrapping up their four game road trip tonight with that game in Detroit so we're going to Talk about some of the games that they have played these last three, specifically starting with that game against the New York Islanders last Wednesday. That one was a four to three loss. Really, it was special teams in the end in that third period that ultimately gave up the two goals that led to the loss for the Ducks, a late shorthanded goal from Simon Holmstrom with just a minute thirty three left in the game. I think that game left a sour taste in the Ducks mouth after that one because they played a solid game. They were up and then ultimately just special teams there giving up some goals late. Then they had the chance to rebound against the New York Rangers on Friday. And it was a 5-1 to one loss, but it really seemed like a closer game than what that score said. They had a strong first period of play. Really good play from the Ducks in that first period. But then some penalties ultimately hurting the team in the second and third. And that final frame of play was all New York and uh, they're a tough team. I mean, there's a reason they're playing so well this year. They have a lot of dynamic skill and of course their goaltending situation has been kind of interesting this year. So first time taking on the Rangers and of course the Islanders too will have games against those teams later on here in Southern California and then the Ducks, the latest game as I'm recording this on Sunday night, taking on the New Jersey Devils. They bounced back well a five to one win finally breaking that losing streak that the Ducks were on Adam Henry getting a hat trick against his former team his very first career hat trick too congrats to Rico love to see that Troy Terry had a multi-point game four points in the last four games for him he seems to be gaining that confidence back and obviously that's good to see for the Ducks as well because he has been such a leader the last couple seasons getting that big contract in the summer And now is getting into a groove. So this is a good time for Troy Terry right now. The penalty kill also going five for five against the NHL's top power play. Yes, they gave up five penalties, but the fact that the PK was able to shut all of them down really big against the devil's top power play in the NHL. And that brings me to tonight's game. That being Monday, as I mentioned, as I'm recording this, the Detroit Red Wings will see Dylan Larkin back in the lineup tonight after he missed four games, a scary hit that he went through back in their game against the Ottawa Senators. So Dylan Larkin back in the lineup and the Ducks will be taking on Patrick Kane, the newest addition to the Red Wings, too. And he has certainly been building some chemistry with his former guy, Alex Dobrinkit, also a part of the Red Wings. So this will be a good test for the Ducks to see if they can keep the momentum rolling as this is a back-to-back for the team before they head back home for plenty of games around the holidays here at Honda Center. The next game this week and the first one of the homestand will be against the Calgary Flames on Thursday. Now, I would be remiss to not mention the fact that the team is still without Jamie Drysdale, Trevor Segris, and Mason McTavish. The three of them on the road trip have been practicing with the team, but have not been in gameplay. I know you guys really want to see him back. I want to see him back. We're getting a little impatient maybe, but... I'm hoping that we will see them. It's hard because, you know, they're on the road trip. You're thinking, hey, maybe they will come back into the lineup sooner than later. And we know that they are, in quotes, very close according to what we've been told, but we haven't seen them yet. So hoping that we do in the coming games because having those guys back in the lineup will definitely make a difference. Now, on the end of goaltending, John Gibson playing outstanding in the game on Sunday against the Devils before he did leave as he was under the weather. Lukas Dostal stepping in, saving every shot in that game, going 10 for 10 and closing it out to help with the team's win. Dostal playing in the game against the New York Rangers too. John Gibson playing against the Islanders. So the two have been trading off on the back end, but obviously a good sign that the two have been getting their time trading off a little bit more, maybe taking some of the load off John Gibson as of late. So that's what the latest has been on the Anaheim Ducks. And if you watched all those games, then I'm sure you observe some of that. But if not, I hope that was a little bit helpful to catch you up on what's happening with the Ducks right now before they head back home, as I mentioned, for this long homestand around the holidays. So let's talk a little bit also also, about the coaching carousel around the NHL right now. There have already been four head coaching changes this season. We're only, at least for the Ducks, 30 games in over a quarter of the way into the NHL season. Quite a few changes already, starting with that Edmonton Oilers change. Jay Woodcroft out. Chris Knoblock in. That was in early November, something we talked about previously. Minnesota. Dean Evison out. John Hines in. That was just a few weeks ago. John Hines, the new head coach for the Minnesota Wild. The St. Louis Blues, the latest news last week. Craig Berube relieved of his duties on Tuesday. That was last week. And Drew Bannister is the interim head coach for the Blues. And then the latest news today. The Ottawa Senators just announcing this morning on this Monday that DJ Smith has been relieved of his duties Jacques Martin, the new interim head coach for the Ottawa Senators. So something always to keep your eye on as teams work their way through this early season. That last one with the Ottawa Senators, not really a surprise as the Senators are last in the Eastern Conference right now, 11 and 15 record, 22 points, and they have lost four in a row as of this date. So DJ Smith out of that head coaching position with the Ottawa Senators. So. That now leads me to today's guest. And I was so happy to chat with Kyle Bukaskis of Sportsnet. At the end of last week, we had a really fun conversation talking about his young fandom of the Mighty Ducks growing up and also some good moments throughout his career with Sportsnet so far. Enjoy. Welcome on to Light the Lamp now, a first time guest on DuckStream, the ringside host on Sportsnet and for Hockey Night in Canada, Kyle Bukoskis. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: This is a thrill, Alexis. I have to tell you, uh, growing up, I grew up uh, on the West Coast of Vancouver Island up in Canada. And uh, anyway, the, the mighty ducks certainly were a huge part of, of my childhood. So it's a, it is a treat to be on your show. Thanks for having me.
0: We also have to give a shout out to Jeff Merrick for the mutual appreciation of Paul Korea, as I learned about you too. So shout out to him and thank you for, of course, the introduction too, but I'm curious on that end, your appreciation for Paul Korea and just your fandom for him.
1: Yeah. So I'll start, I, I used to collect jerseys a lot more. Um. When I was younger. But anyway, this is one I got a few years back. Ooh. So this is we were familiar with the Wild Wing era. Yeah. Um, so this is like a replica jersey, but actually I bought it off a guy uh in Victoria, actually. And he actually still did he, it's a replica jersey, but did like the pro style stitching.
0: Hmm.
1: So there it is. Wow, the back. there it is. Like it's pretty like so. The season that they wore this, I think it was '95-'96. he was an alternate that year. So it's even fit and uh, on the appropriate timeline with that. Anyway, it's one of my my favorite collectibles that I that I have. But uh, yeah, he was he was my favorite player growing up. Um, I, I don't know how I fell into that other than maybe just growing up with the the Mighty Ducks Disney trilogy, uh, watching that a lot as as a kid. And um, funny story, my first NHL game I ever went to was in Vancouver when when the the Mighty Ducks came through. This was like March two thousand. And uh, my dad and I went, got out of school that day. It was like a midweek game. And so we went there and it was just like, your senses are just uh, in, in overload, right? Like seeing everything in person for the first time after watching games on, on TV as, as a kid. And, and now you're, you're living it and like the jumbotron is like larger than life. And it feels like, you know, the arena seats 100,000 people. Uh, it just felt so, so big. Um, and watching the Ducks play for the first time was was so cool. Anyway, so um, I think it was the the Canucks were leading one nothing after the first period. And partway through the intermission, like we leave our seats to you know go to the washroom and whatnot. And we're the intermission's getting towards the end. And uh, my dad made the call. Well, hey, the the concession line is not bad now. Like let's get something now rather than waiting to like the next intermission where the lines are going to be crazy again. Uh, so I was like, okay. Um, and anyway, so we do that and it took a little bit longer than, than we thought. Um, anyway, so we, we miss kind of the first couple of minutes of, of the period. And, uh, so we sit back down in our seats and I look at the scoreboard and all of a sudden it's one, one, so Anaheim scored and, <laughs> and we missed the goal and, uh, the PA comes on to, to announce the goal. And it was uh, Korea from Solani and oh. Ruchin, like, you've got to be kidding me, uh, <laughs> Anyway, and, and the Canucks won eight to one that night. Oh. So I just sit there for eight Vancouver goals with the crowd going nuts around me. Uh, and the one that I had a chance to celebrate, uh, we weren't even in our in our seats for. So I remember like watching the highlights the next morning at the hotel. But like, of course, they're not going to show the one Anaheim goal in an eight <laughs> one Canucks blowout. Uh, so it was wasn't until years later. That it did uh, finally with the the help of some colleagues at Sportsnet, where we finally able to track down the video, and my dad and I got to watch the goal finally. So <laughs> that was like a, uh, a nightmarish, uh, first NHL game experience if there ever was one, but, but I, I kept the fandom. It did not deter mm. me from being a, a Ducks fan. I, I stuck around for, for the long haul.
0: Would you say that that also taught you maybe, maybe don't leave during a sports game. They always say don't leave early or anything. Not that you were leaving early, but maybe always be sitting in your seat now from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it, it
1: certainly taught my dad that lesson because I didn't let him forget that for a while. So uh, yeah, anytime he I, I bring that up, he's always like, I'm so sorry. like he he feels <laughs> terrible. It. it's more so just something to joke about now. Um, but yeah, i as I say, i I didn't have uh, as much leverage as a you know seven, eight year old at at the mm-hmm. time as maybe I would have now to push back against that. But uh, yes, a valuable lesson. You know, you got to be much more strategic about uh, your intermission breaks uh, <laughs> that that we were that night.
0: Did you get to see Paul Korea or the Mighty Ducks in general play at all? After that, when you were also younger, still,
1: yeah, we went. Uh, I, th- I want to say two more times when he was still, uh, and I'm, and there was all games in in Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, just because that was a natural place for us to to go to. So I know there was there was one time we went and they tied uh, back when there were still ties, mm-hmm. and uh, and there was another one I think that, that that Vancouver beat him again, but it was a, a much closer score line. So I, I think I saw him three times in total, and then even again there was. I don't think we got a chance to like when later he went to Colorado or Nashville or St. Louis. I know my parents had looked at potentially we, we were doing like a family trip over to to watch him play there, mm-hmm. but um, it just didn't happen. I think there was those three instances for sure. And then you know by the time uh, I got working in this business, uh, he unfortunately of course had had retired mm-hmm. uh, much earlier than than of course uh, he he should have if if health was a better fortune to him. But uh, man, what a what a treat he was to to watch.
0: That's so cool. I love, I love hearing that story. And I have to tell you too. our studio that I'm in here right now is called the Paul Korea studio named after yeah. him. His, his pictures are on the wall behind me, the Jersey stall, his jerseys in there, some of his gear. So we, we yeah. honor him by that.
1: That's, that's so cool. <laughs> and so I, and I got a chance to work with, uh, with Jason York a little bit, another, you know, former, former duck, and he's quite close with, with Paul still these years later. Uh, we worked on the, on the Canadians broadcast for, for one season together. And actually during their, the California swing, um, he went to, to dinner one night with Paul and, and Paul's brother, Steve, who of course played mm-hmm. in the NHL too, for, for a brief while. And so he knew of course my fandom of him and, and uh, thankfully <laughs> let me come by towards the end of the dinner. And I I got to meet Paul and Steve. And uh, that was, that was such a thrill. I always appreciate Jason doing that. Cause again, he, he knew how much that interaction meant to me and, um yeah it was just just really really neat and and I was so thrilled watching him uh going into the the hall of fame there back in mm-hmm. when that had been 2017 him and team were going in together and Steve Ruchin was there for it I was like crying like a baby watching their <laughs> <laughs> the, the induction <laughs> it was just because you relived your whole childhood mm-hmm. uh going through that again so mm-hmm. um yeah and it's 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 awesome to see now and, and then he's a little more uh, tied to to the Anaheim franchise again after a lot of years where we didn't hear from him. Um, I truly believe the game's a, a, a better one when with with Paul Correa, uh lending his name to it.
0: On the end of your childhood, then just growing up with that hockey fandom, how did that start? Was was your were your parents hockey fans too? Or I mean, obviously being in Canada, it's, it, hockey is everywhere too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I I I thought about this a lot. Like where was the, 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 was the origin of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Cause we like growing up on Vancouver Island, like the climate didn't allow itself for, I mean, it got cold at times during the winter. We saw snow, but we never had like outdoor rinks nearby. Um, it just never got cold enough for a long enough period. Um, and my parents, though they were sports fans, it's not like either of them were like big hockey nuts where like we came in and I was introduced to hockey through mm-hmm. them um, I, I don't know where it started. It was probably just, again, being around kids as, as I got, cause I think I played first started organized hockey in kindergarten. Um, I know I had a few kids in my class that that played then. And I don't know, I think I, I, I just remember like we had a junior B hockey team in town. Uh, there still is one there now. Um, it was a big deal to go to games there on, on, on the weekends. And, um, so that was probably kind of my first experience with hockey live was going to like a game there on the friday night Mm -hmm. uh because the the team there was really good when when i was young so it was like guaranteed win night going to the the local arena on on fridays it was what you did it felt like was what half the town did every week (laughs) um so that's kind of really i think maybe where it it started um and then as i say having the the movies as well Mm -hmm. uh the mighty ducks movies i think helped with uh with my fandom too
0: and then as you kind of grew and were figuring out life too, when did the idea of maybe covering the sport come into play for you?
1: Um When, where when did I first start to think about that? It's it's funny. I for the longest time I thought it was like as I got into high school. Um, for a long while I wanted to be like an actor. And of mm. course, before that, a hockey player. And then as you grow up a bit and realize, okay, maybe <laughs> I won't make it as as a player in the NHL. Um, I, I loved acting. Still do, not that I do it anymore. And then, you know, to to marry the two. You know, we watched um on, on on our TVs every morning. There's a guy by the name of Don Taylor that that worked for, you know, the company I work now uh, for now Sportsnet. Um he did the highlights out of Vancouver for a long, long time. And two other guys, uh Jay and Dan, who had a brief stint down in, in the States when uh Fox Sports One first launched uh, a number of years ago. But before that, they built up uh, you know, quite the the, the the resume and um, had, had developed a lot of recognition through through their work on on the TSN on on the Sports Center shows the overnight highlight shows um, so every morning we, we would watch them my brother and I would um, and they just seemed to have so much fun mm-hmm. with delivering highlights and just the different bits that they do and the jokes they'd make and um, some of the lines that they would you know throw in there and it just felt like that was the most cool job because uh, you know, you're getting to go on TV and to have a certain type of persona, and you're talking about sports. And so I thought that would be the the coolest job ever. Uh, and so that's kind of where the the interest first started. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to sit on on an anchor desk and and to read highlights every night. And um, I just ended up falling as as I kind of forged my my path. And, and once I got out of school and and started it at Sportsnet not long uh, thereafter. Um, I, I just kind of fell into the, the role I have now and working ringside and actually being at the games, which I I'd never really considered as I first kind of started about, mm-hmm. started thinking about when uh, this is something that I'd want to do. Um, but I, I'm so thrilled to, to do it now. It's, it's, it's great. I love being actually at the event and, and witnessing things uh, firsthand. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm loving the role that, that I have now. But that, that's where I say where, where it first really started.
0: Did you have a mentor throughout the process or someone that you looked up to in the industry just as you were climbing once you even maybe got to Sportsnet, too?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a few like, uh, man, I was, I was so fortunate to have like a number of, um, you know, really just good people in, in my corner at, at Sportsnet alone. Um, that were always there. If I had had questions like, a uh, Arash Madani is a guy that, that comes to mind. Um, he's not involved as much as, as the hockey stuff as, as he was, uh, before, but, um, he was just a, just a, a a great broadcaster, reporter, storyteller, um, and just had, whenever I had questions about the role, um, he was willing to show me anything that he did in terms of his preparation, um, all those things, like there was no secrets or felt like, uh, you know, a competition there about like mm-hmm. well I'm not telling you what I do um it was always an open book with them and continues to be so I always appreciated that um you know, even on on the hockey side like you know Elliot Friedman would be another one too gave me the time of day when I he certainly didn't need to um I always appreciated his willingness to to be helpful in that and even you know so I live in Ottawa here now and mm-hmm. even back before when I was um just working as a as a reporter and not working ringside on, on games here, um, I would, uh, when the Sens would be playing on a Saturday here at home and so someone would be coming in to to work ringside for the game, whether it was a, a Chris Simpson or a Dave Amber or Cassie mm-hmm. Campbell-Pascal, I would always ask, like, so what what does today look like for you? Like, how do you prepare for for the game tonight? And they were always so good about just kind of sharing their tricks of the trade and, you know, how how they prepared. And I just kind of kept all that with me over the years. And then, um, once I did get myself going in, in that role and, and working on NHL telecasts, um, we had a producer by the name of uh, Shrelly Najak who worked on Hockey Night for decades. Like Started in the early 90s, was the executive producer for a while, and then went back to, to working in the truck. Um, and him and I worked together for a number of years quite closely. Mm-hmm. We were effectively working every Saturday together and then uh, spent a lot of time in the playoffs too. Um, and, and he was just just tremendous. And uh, there's no way I, I'm, I'm where I'm at now in terms of comfortability and, and trying different things on the air and, and the different creative things that we try to do uh, without his, his guidance. So uh, he was a huge help for me uh, as well for, for a long stretch and continues to be to this day.
0: Just a quick reminder that we have exciting news. Gettle is now the official HVAC partner of the Anaheim Ducks and the Honda Center. Keeping things cool on the ice and warm at home. Gettle, your trusted HVAC and plumbing partner. Visit Gettle.com slash ducks for exclusive promotions. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. On the end of some (coughs) of the more creative things that you've gotten to do, I know some big moments for you have been interviewing Hamilton, the pig, uh, being with Charles Barkley, being called the Canadian Tom Brady. But some of those stories just kind of walk me through exactly. I mean, getting to interview Hamilton and just getting to talk to (coughs) Charles Barkley and some of those funnier moments that have been more creative throughout your career so far.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, um, (laughs) I never thought that uh, I'd get a chance to to speak to a a real pig live on on television, <laughs> but um, we we checked that one off the off the box. But um, yeah, that was another one where again, so that was uh, when Shirley and I worked together, and uh, we we had done a couple of a things during the playoffs that year that were a little bit out there that we'd kind of um, you know this could go well, this could go horribly wrong, and mm-hmm. and they seemed to work, and it was like oh man, we got away with another one. And so that one, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, Carolina-Boston in the conference final and the Hurricanes had got beat pretty bad the first two games in Boston. And Hamilton, the pig, had been like their good luck charm throughout that run. I think they hadn't lost at home in all the games that that he attended there that that <laughs> spring. So um, I just remember that after the, the skates that morning, he was like, okay, we're going to – <laughs> we're gonna do something with hamilton before the game <laughs> tonight and i'm like okay uh so we kind of left it at that and you know i went back to the hotel to kind of do my prep and get my notes ready for the game and um so i <clears throat> come back for the the game 4 15 when i normally would get there and he just it was it was incredible i <laughs> you know we we get connected and wired up and uh, he's, he's going, okay, so, you know, you're going to interview Hamilton tonight. And I'm going, so how, like, how am I supposed to interview him?
0: Is he going to uh, oink or what, like, what, yeah, yeah, like what's going to happen? It's not a conversation.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a one way conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, so <clears throat> we have a, a show here every year. It's called hockey day in Canada. Um, and it's been going on for over 20 years. And so it's a day long telecast that, you know, Ron McLean, our, our hosted hockey night in Canada, Anchors from you know a different city every year. This year they're in Victoria, and so it's it's a really remarkable show, just of storytelling and trying to get in touch with the grassroots of the game. All seven Canadian teams play that day. Um, you know, it's three all Canadian matchups, and then the seventh one plays against a, a U.S. opponent. Um, and the games are kind of staggered all throughout the throughout the day. So it's a, it's a big big day for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so he said, you know, just think. Think about Ron, you know, it's hockey day in Canada. He's in some small town on an outdoor rink and he's got a, you know, a crowd of kids around him and, you know, he's explaining to them, you know, the history of hockey in in that town and they're all looking at him and they really have no idea what he's talking about, but they're so enthralled with the words that are coming from his mouth. And I was like, okay, I got, I got it now. I got (laughs) it. All right. Like like the, Mm -hmm. the, the light bulb went off. So, um, anyway, they're, uh, the, the Hamilton's, uh, Handlers, parents um, were are there, and uh, we do the the hit. And uh, and it's funny as I'm talking to him, he actually kind of, if you watch the video, he kind of turns his head and, and looks at me as I'm as I'm talking to him and explaining to him, you know, kind of the the key storylines and, and notes for the for the game that night. And <laughs> uh, we finished throwing the, you know, we had to do the the hockey night towel at at the end because mm-hmm. everyone that's interviewed on Hockey Night in Canada needs to get a towel, um, even if you're a pig. Um, and so anyway, so speaking to uh, to his handlers afterwards, they were like he's never done that before. Like we actually turned and, and looked at you. Cause they would have been, they had done so many different little TV requests as, as his popularity grew over the course of that playoff run. Um, it was, it was not nothing new for, for them to have Hamilton, you know, being appearing on camera somewhere, but he was like, he never turned and actually looked at it before. So,
0: uh,
1: I had no idea. I was, I was a, a pig whisperer, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, there was only one way to find out. Mm-hmm. And that was, that. so that was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun and it just, it like, they just, it, it kind of just happens. And that's, that was the beauty of, and still is the beauty of Shirelia just is his ability to, to come up with ideas that, uh, I never would have thought of and, and not many else would. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still part of the fun now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just uh, week to week. It's like, okay, how can we one up ourselves from, from the week before?
0: Yeah. I was going to say, is there anything that you <laughs> are looking to try creatively that maybe hasn't been done before from that ringside position?
1: Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's, there's one thing in my mind where I'm going, mm-hmm. man, I would, I, I would really like to do that one day. I think it's, I won't know until, until it's kind of there. Mm. Um, like last year in the cup final, we, we did an opening like on, on the barge on, on the water mm. by the, the Bellagio fountains in Vegas. Wow. Uh, and we, we had the Stanley cup with us. It, it was great. Jeff Girardet was our, our producer, uh, for the final last year. And him and I worked together a lot more these last couple of seasons, uh, and, and he was great and trying to get all the, all the work you got to do behind the scenes before you're actually okay. You're allowed to go out on a barge mm-hmm. for the Bellagio fountains with the Stanley cup next to you. Um, so that was, that was a, a, a highlight just cause I thought, you know, who in their wildest dreams would have imagined you're on the Vegas strip on the water like that. And Lord Stanley right next to you. And then, um, a few weeks ago we were in Pittsburgh on a Saturday and I did, uh, Again, this was just the the idea was spawned on the Uber ride from the airport to the hotel the night before. Um, we I had done tried to recreate like you know the Mister Rogers opening because he's mm. from Pittsburgh, yep. so you know and always he would yep. come into the house and the blazer would come off and he'd put on his card again and would sit down and switch the, su- uh-huh. the shoes. So I did that oh. while talking about the game. Um, so it was the, the 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 technical issue was just to have there was like a boom mic that kind of followed me as I moved around just because mm-hmm. I couldn't I needed my hands free to do all the different things. Um so there's I think a few couple instances where you know if you're watching at home maybe it was a little tougher to to hear me. But um that was a neat one just to try something different. And um so it's always like you never want to try something just to try it. You know, want to have a, a purpose and, and a meaning behind it. But um that was that was a lot of fun to to do too and and got a bit of a, a reaction there as as well. So um yeah, it's 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 like there's there's nothing I can say that's in my head right now, mm-hmm. Alexis. And I'd like to do this one day, um, but week to week, you're just thinking, all right, how can you do something a little bit unique, um, but while also you know respecting the viewer that just wants to watch the the game, of course.
0: Yeah, it's really cool to give our listeners kind of a behind the scenes of how some of these ideas that they see on TV come about, too, because a lot of people maybe outside the industry and entertainment industry, too, don't necessarily understand how it works. So it's cool that you are able to work and show uh, our listeners, too, about producers and things like that, just how the ideas come about. So, um, yeah in on that end too, do you have a favorite arena that you, or town that you like to go to when you're traveling?
1: Um, man, uh, in terms of town, I'd probably have to throw Nashville there. Mm. I, I, I loved going to, and I, am not just saying this, like, so of course I like, I love going to, to California to do a game, you mm-hmm. know, whether, whether it's, it's, it's in Anaheim or, or Los Angeles. Um, that was, I just, I, I rarely get the chance to, to do it. Like I, I think mm-hmm. I've, I've only been out there the the one time, like just the way the schedule plays out. Um, I, I don't often get get out there very often. Uh, I, I wish wish I got two more. <laughs> um, but Nashville is up there in terms of city um, and and a, a fun building too. Uh, in terms of arenas, like Montreal is up there. Mm. Uh, like for if you're a, a a big hockey fan and and you know being in that building on, on a Saturday night is is like a, a bucket list item. Um, you know, even if you're not necessarily a Canadians fan, uh, it's just a really cool thing to to experience. And and even a place like Tampa too. And maybe part of it is because I've I I have been down there a ton, be it regular season and playoffs the last number of years. Um, I just think they do such a good job from the in game entertainment perspective. Like it just the crowds always into it. It's just a fun atmosphere. And 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 the team has typically been been successful over the last number of years. So you know you're you're getting uh you know your your enter- entertainment value from from the hockey itself. Um, and just a good organization to deal with. So, um, that's the one too, where I've always, I've always enjoyed going to, I mean, of course, you know, the, the weather similar to California is always good that that doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, but the building itself is, is always up there for me too to visit.
0: Yeah. It's cool in Tampa, how they have that lightning bolt too, that they, they shoot off in the arena.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like it just, it's, it's little things like that. And Mm -hmm. they have a, you know, a huge video board too, that, that Mm -hmm. hangs over center ice, um, like the big organ at the one end as well. Um, there's just, just a number of parts of, of that, that building and, and just the whole atmosphere, the Thunder Alley and everybody mm-hmm. racing up the stairs when they open the doors each game night. Um, there's a lot to like there.
0: For sure. Well, on the end to of hockey teams, let's talk about some things that are going around or going on around the NHL right now and start with, of course, the ducks as you are on duck stream right now. But yes, obviously it has been tough as of late with the Anaheim ducks, but what's been your impression of their season so far and where they're at under Greg Cronin?
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems like the issue has just been, been scoring, right? Uh, like, it obviously doesn't help when, you know, Ziegris has been out and Drysdale's been out. And um seemed like that was a, a really big goal for for Troy Terry there the other night against the Islanders because he had gone um a bit cold there as as well. Um you know, I just it feels like they they're they're doing a lot of good things in terms of the people they've they've drafted. Like it's been really neat to watch like Pavel Minchikov like have mm-hmm. like a, a really good start to his career. That I don't know if that was on a lot of people's uh, bingo's car, bingo cards at the start of the season, um, but the way he's he's come out has, has been really encouraging. Um, you, know, you know, obviously you've got a, a good player there in, in Mason McTavish when he's healthy again. Um, so they say, and that certainly plays a role into the offense not being quite where where uh, they would like it to be. Um, but I, you know, it's it's interesting. I I, I I'll profess like I, I haven't had a chance to watch uh, every every game just mm-hmm. again with the the whole East Coast West Coast. Uh, but I will say they they do. Come out to, to Toronto for a Saturday night game in, in February, so I, I am looking forward to that. Because as I say, I don't get a chance to to see the Ducks in person uh, as often as I, I would like. Um, but I, I did have a conversation with uh, someone with the organization. This would have been, well, I guess, it would have been close to a month ago now, when mm-hmm. um, you know the team was still in the middle of a you know a really good start to the season. And I said like, hey, like you know see, things seem to be going really well. And um you know he he was even kind of going like, yeah, you know we'll we'll see how things are going. Like the, it felt like. They'd even known like, you know, it's it's great with what we're doing, but um, there was almost like an understanding in the back of our minds going, this may not be sustainable over the, the long term. And, um, you know, certainly I don't think they are expecting that the, the skid that they've been in now. But um, it just feels to me like they're, they, they've they got a lot of the the, the right people uh, in place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I say, I, I live here in Ottawa and I think the, the Sens went through a, a similar thing a few years previous and they are still trying to come out of it where they got a lot of young players. Uh, that they believe in that that are legit players um that they've done well through the draft and in finding um and it just takes a bit of time for for everything to to come together but um you know just just from afar as i say there's there's a lot of there's a lot to like there um but you know when when you have so many young players in 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 key positions there um you know it's just it, there's going to be some growing pains along the way so um, Long term, I'm encouraged with, with what Anaheim has got going on and, and some more players to come um, down the pipe. And certainly on the, on the back end, the, the players they've drafted the last few years has been really encouraging. Um, so it just if, if the fans are able to kind of withstand some of the, the short term pain, which I know is is always easier said than done. Um, I think that they're, they're going to be they're going to be in a in a great place.
0: Specifically, the Pacific Division this year has been very competitive at the top yeah. too. Have you been keeping your eye on some of those teams?
1: Yeah, well, I mean certainly because I, it's been awesome to watch how Vancouver's done. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's been, I think, the the big surprise here in Canada in terms of the 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 pleasant surprises mm-hmm. has been how, how the Canucks have have come out this year and and have continued to kind of stay within that that top three. Of the division and now it seems like you know edmonton's come around again um we know vegas looks like they want to win another cup mm-hmm. um it's just been man it's you're right like when you're part of a <clears throat> sorry excuse me <clears throat> <Right. clears throat> when you're part of a division like that that's really competitive it, it only makes the the challenge that much greater for mm-hmm. for a young team like anaheim so um it's 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 gonna be tough and then you look at the central too i don't know You're you're as deep as as, as the Pacific, but, um, it just, all of a sudden you look at those top eight spots, they, they fill up rather, rather quickly. So, um, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been some, you know, a, a lot of really good hockey coming out of, of that division this year. And then certainly, as I say, the, the teams in can uh, in Canada from Vancouver and now Edmonton's found their, their stride again after some early season struggles. Um, you know, there, there's going to be some, some teams that, that think they can, they can go deep in the playoffs coming out of the the Pacific alone. It seems
0: on the other side with the Eastern conference in general, are there a specific team or is there a specific team that you've kind of been watching grow over these last couple games?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time around, you know, Toronto. So, so mm-hmm. naturally I, I see them more than, than a lot of others. And, um, you know, I think they're, the 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 critique on them early on was uh, you know it's how few regulation wins they had like they they were racking up wins but it was shootouts and overtimes and that um, you know I think they're up to seven I believe now but the longest time they were at four which is right near the the bottom of the league but um, you know they were a team where again had an issue keeping the puck out of their net early on uh, they got some good goaltending to help stabilize things they've got some injuries on their blue line. They've also got some injuries in goal now too, so they're still trying to figure things out uh, on the fly. But you know, their their best players have have been great a lot of nights. Like you saw, like William Nylander had a really good start mm-hmm. to the year, the point streak uh, that lasted until after they got home from from their Sweden trip mid November. Uh, you know, now you're seeing Austin Matthews right it, leading the league in in goals. He's putting together a, a season similar to the to the one where he scored 60 and and won the Hart Trophy and and the Rocco Richard in 21-22. In um, so seeing them kind of put it to, together where, you know, they're certainly not a finished product, uh, not the best version of themselves yet, but continue to to rack up points, like they're within striking distance suddenly of a Boston who are, are first in, in the Atlantic. Um, so that's one just by by default I I watch a lot and have kind of seen grow, uh, grow certainly through through November and now into December after kind of a, a rocky start to their year. Um, the other team too, I'm curious to see now uh, is, is the Rangers where, Mm. you know, you had a tough out in seven games, you lose to your, you know, cross river rivals in in the devils last year, the first round of the playoffs Mm. that clearly didn't sit well to make the coaching change. um, And and now a lot of things are, are starting to click there again. Um, I know, you know, Toronto went in there and and handed them, um, you know, a pretty handed defeat there the, the other night, but like with Panarin going the way he is, after you know so much concern around Alexi Lafreniere and would he be able to find it, figure it out? You know, after coming in as, as a number one overall pick, mm-hmm. he seems to be finding you know, a home there and um, you know playing much more more consistent, uh, which I think is is so critical just for for the team too, beyond the the player itself to to have him as a as a success story. So um, to say in the Metro Division, that would be a team I'm I'm kind of keeping my eye on to see how how they navigate through the the waters there, but um yeah uh, from for what i do my day to day work i i i i'm forced to watch the the leafs a lot not that it's a punishment by any means but uh they're really the playoffs. ones that were yes <laughs> yes exactly as 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 their fans know all too well so it's uh yeah it's it's always an interesting one to see how they progress throughout the course of of the season but um you know they're still racking up points along the way as they're still working their way through through the different warts and and the injuries that that have hit them as well
0: one of the big storylines as of late has been Patrick Kane joining the Detroit Red Wings and just mm-hmm. where the Red Wings are at this season how much do you think he can help them as you know they they really are becoming quite the team that they want to be
1: yeah like it's so going into the year it was like there's Detroit you had the Senators here in Ottawa and like Buffalo too like just three teams within the Atlantic Division alone where you thought okay they were all poised to take a step but were any of them capable of taking the big enough step required to be, okay, mm-hmm. now you're a playoff team. Um, and, and it looks like they're, 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 they're the team right now. That's certainly in the best position to do so. And um, I think that's probably a big reason why Kane chose to sign there. It was because he liked kind of what he saw from, from that team already. Obviously there's the connection with, with Alex to mm-hmm. from their time in, in Chicago and the, the success that they had uh, that doesn't hurt either. Um, but uh, I don't know, I looked at, you know that game against Ottawa over the last weekend when he scored his first goal there, and even in the games before, like I mean, he looks pretty darn good considering the the surgery that he just went through and the amount of rehab that was required. Um, you know, and he he wasn't lying when he said, you know, I think he's he's even going to be a better version than than what we would have seen with him with the Rangers when he was was traded there uh, at last year trade last year's trade deadline. Um, so yeah, I, you've got one of the best American-born players of of all time that, that's that's won cups. Um that's 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 been the the class of the league. Um that so many American players that are stars now uh would have grown up watching Mm -hmm. uh terrorize the NHL on a nightly basis. Uh it's uh it's 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 impressive that that he's he's come out the the way that he has. So for sure he he can he can help a Red Wings team that you know it's been they had the streak, the longest streak going for consecutive years in the playoffs for the longest time, came to an end in, in 2017, and they've been fighting to to get back in ever ever since. Um, it seemed like they've done a good, good enough job even before getting him and putting themselves, trying to put themselves in a position to, to end that rut this year. And, and now you put him into the fold. Um, you know, so long as everybody slots in, you know where they're they're most effective. Uh, I think they're they're in a great position to, to, you know, at the very least grab grab a wild card spot here because you know this season there there appears to be some some positions up for for grabs in in the East when it comes to the playoffs. Um, and they're they're in a good spot right now to to be one of the benefactors of that.
0: Well, the red wings, a team that the ducks will be meeting with on Monday as a part of their back to back the later half after taking on the devils. But Kyle, thank you so much for taking the time today and joining us on light the lamp. This has been awesome. And hopefully we can have you back again sometime.
1: Anytime, anytime. And hopefully my voice is better. I apologize (laughs) again, but anyway, so great to chat with you. Yeah,
0: no worries. Thank you so much. As I said, that was a fun conversation with Kyle Bukoskis. And for any of our listeners up in Canada, make sure to check him out on Hockey Night in Canada. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. I am Alexis Downey. Come back again next time for more Hockey Talk on DuckStream presented by Gettle. And get your home cozy with Gettle Rejuvenation for just $129. We'll prep your HVAC for the season so you're ready to cheer on our ducks. Call 866-671-9822 or visit gettl.com slash ducks. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Street.